Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Before we dive into our interview with Julie Weisbuck-Alina, Director of Health Promotion at the Center for Student Health and Counseling, we are going to first discuss what harm reduction is and why we use it at Portland State University. So harm reduction is a set of practical strategies and ideas aimed at reducing negative consequences associated with drug use, sex work, and other highly regulated personal health activities. Harm reduction is also a movement for social justice built on a belief in and respect for the rights of people who use drugs, but has recently become something that encompasses so much more than drug use. We use it at Portland State to create a community of compassion for our students, staff, and faculty. By implementing the principles of harm reduction over abstinence-only education, we are changing how our culture views those who use drugs and other uh, highly regulated activities. So I'd like to introduce Julie Weisbuck-Alina, Director of Health Promotion, who is here to answer some questions about harm reduction. Hello, Julie, thank you for coming. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role within the Center for Student Health and Counseling? Sure thing. Uh, Again, Julie, and I am the director of health promotion, which means I get to oversee three really distinct programs. The first one is our general wellness program, which is primarily our wellness and health action team. The second one is our Illuminate program, and that is our interpersonal violence prevention program. And then the third one, which is fairly new, is our mental health outreach initiative. Great. So, Julie, what is your experience with harm reduction? How does it impact your work within the Center for Student Health and Counseling? It's a great question. Um, My experience primarily has been around uh, health promotion. And when we're talking about health behaviors that students are engaging in, if they're engaging in risky behaviors, how do we keep them as safe as we can? Um, However, within the Center for Student Health and Counseling, that is a much broader conversation in that, yes, our Um, health promotion teams do use harm reduction in the conversations that they're having with students and workshops that they're giving and and pieces like that. But we're also able to have these harm reduction conversations in different settings at SHAC. So for example, um, if somebody is chatting with one of our healthcare providers and they uh, disclose that maybe they are a sex care worker, then um, our providers are not going to shame or come down on those folks, what they're going to do is try to work within uh, the information that they have and encourage um, STI and STD testing um, and and potentially get on a regular schedule for things like that. Um, Also within our trans healthcare uh, program or um, conversations with providers, you know, there's a lot of conversations that they have that are considered harm reduction, for example, around binding, Mm -hmm. binding, um, can potentially be harmful to, to somebody's body. And so our healthcare workers, our, our healthcare providers are having the conversations, well, if you're gonna do this, let's teach you how to do it so it's safe, um, you're not harming yourself. Um, 
and you're still getting the effect that you want to get. Um, we also talk about that when we're talking around hormones and um, things like that within trans healthcare, because sometimes hormones cannot be or should not be um, prescribed if there's some other health concerns. But if our folks are coming in and saying, hey, I'm going to get this one way or another, mm-hmm. our healthcare providers are going to say, okay, let's work with you and kind of figure out how do we prescribe these hormones in a way that continues to keep you as safe as we can, even though that there's these other health concerns that are going on. Um, So I I think we have a great privilege here at SHAC to be able to have these conversations. um, You know, and we also have them in our counseling offices around um, substance use. And so if somebody, you know, has a substance use problem or challenge or addiction, um, and they're not ready to to um, address it, well, then our conversation is going to look a little bit different. It's going to be around, well, if you're going to engage in in some of these substance use mm-hmm. behaviors, how do we keep you safe? How do we give you the tools that you need to engage in in these these behaviors in a, in a safer way, right? Um, so I think we have a great opportunity here at Shack to do more than just um, give information on, on the health promotion or preventative side. We can actually engage with folks that are engaging in risky behavior. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So um, how does Portland State um, embody the principles of harm reduction besides the um, what you just mentioned? Yeah, of course. And I think that we're doing this in other areas too. Um, So CPSO carries naloxon, um, which will help um, if somebody is overdosing. So it is a, it's a, a nasal spray essentially that will counteract um, the, the overdose, essentially. And we, um, I think that that is a conversation that is happening campus-wide. So I think that we're, we're really fortunate that we have a campus that is uh, able and willing um, to engage in those conversations. And those are just a couple of things that I know. I'm sure that there's lots of other things that are happening around campus that are considered harm reduction. That's just, maybe I don't, I don't know it. Yeah. Um, and how would you like to see PSU embody these principles in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, we we definitely embody these within Shack, And I think the more that we can have the conversations on a broader scale and we can have the conversations in everyday um, situations or even in classrooms. Right. And so when you're you're having a, a faculty member that's teaching you something, well, maybe that something can also have a um, an error or a a. Um, backing of a harm reduction model, right? And so I think there's lots of ways that we can continue to do, to do this type of work. Um, and I think we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> uh, so why do you think harm reduction is valuable in a college setting? You know, that's a, it's a good question too, in that um, a lot of times our more traditional age students or so younger students, a lot of times it's their first time away from home or they're um, just now ex- being able to experience um, and make some choices for themselves. And so if we, we don't give them harm reduction and they're engaging in high-risk behaviors, um, they may, they may ne- not have the uh, knowledge on how to either... Um, mitigate some of these things within themselves or with their friends and the people that they're around, right? Um, and so if we take an abstinence-only perspective, the reality is that we know that some students will engage in some of these high-risk behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so if we're saying no, 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 it doesn't give them the tools to um, effectively navigate some of these riskier situations. That's very true. That's very true. 
Um, so uh, where can students with questions or concerns about substance use and other harm reduction concerns find information or get help on campus? Yeah, I think um, Shack is always a good starting place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's lots of ways that you can do that. Uh, if, if a student or somebody is uncomfortable walking into the clinic, you know, we've got an email that, that can come in and you can get some information that way. And that's on our website. The other nice opportunity that, that I think we're really fortunate to have is our peer health educators, which is a wellness and health action team. You know, and they're out and about twice a week, every week of the term. Mm-hmm. And um, they have enough knowledge and enough information that even if they can't answer the question, they can at least get that get the students to the right place yeah right and so I think we have a lot of um, places that students who may be skeptical or afraid to have that to take that first step we can give them a non-threatening way to have that conversation yes um, perfect so um, as for students who um, aren't impacted personally um, how can students um, benefit from learning about harm reduction yeah I think that goes back to some of the things that you never know you know we're in Portland we're in the city mm-hmm. and you never know what you're going to see. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know the situation that you're going to run into. And so if we can embody the idea of harm reduction, you may be seeing something that needs either um, it either needs some immediate, possibly medical intervention. Mm-hmm. And um, you can do that. Maybe less harm reduction, more reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the harm reduction pieces are, you know, if you're out and about with a friend and you see a friend maybe um, taking one too many drinks, you can start to have those conversations around, hey, let's do this or let's do that. Or um, so if you have the idea and you have the information around harm reduction, you can um, subtly help the people that are around you mm-hmm. also engage in some harm reduction techniques, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's very true. I mean, we, um, it's better to learn it in a safe setting like a college or university um, than having to figure it out like in the street um, by yourself mm-hmm. or, or when you're um, trying to look cool with your friends, you yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> so um, how can students help educate each other about harm reduction? I think some of it's leading by example and yeah. having the conversations, right? Because, you know, you go someplace and you have a Long Island iced tea. That's <laughs> very different than having a beer mm-hmm. because the alcohol content in a Long Island iced tea is a lot higher and you're going to feel that a lot quicker and a lot more intensely than a beer, right? And so if you have some of that information and you have some of the background, you can also share that information with your friends, right? And you can share it with the people that are around you. I think one other thing um, that hasn't come up that I think is really important for students to know is that we do have a responsible action protocol, which is like a good Samaritan policy. So if somebody's out and about and they're with their friends and they're concerned um, either for their medical safety or their physical safety, um, they can call CPSO and they can um, get the help that they need for themselves or a friend and then, the responsible action protocol basically says, um, you know, if if you're calling on behalf of your own or somebody else's safety, that that will be um, considered when you're going, if there's any student conduct process mm. um, and things like that. So that way you don't have to worry about getting in trouble with the institution yeah. to make sure that the people, that you or the people around you are safe. And I think that's also a harm reduction piece to this conversation, right? Yeah, and that's really important. I mean, I've definitely called CPSO when um, I've been in a dorm and need to get home mm-hmm. um, and I'm not feeling safe, um, like, I don't know whether like on the street or even in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's great that we have that option really right um so how do we create a space of understanding for those in our lives that are brave enough to share their information about their substance use oh it's a great question too um you know if somebody is brave enough to share with you part of their story i think you know the first and foremost thing that we want to do is is listen mm-hmm. and they're they're giving us the privilege of of sharing part of who they are. Um, and that's, that's not always a given. And so Mm -hmm. we're really fortunate that they're giving us that space and, you know, um, having the information that you have, maybe part of that conversation or the back and forth is about the harm reduction pieces. And I think the other part of this is just, just to know that, you know, abstinence or, or saying, no, that I'm not going to, that somebody is not going to engage in any form of substance use isn't always realistic, mm-hmm. right? And so giving them the space to know that, even if that's your stance and maybe um, substances are not your thing and that's not, that doesn't work for you personally, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work for somebody else or that they're not in a different place. Um, and so giving them the space to be able to have those conversations without any judgment or stigma, mm-hmm. I think is a really important piece to, the, to, to all of this. I completely agree. Uh, so how can we adopt um, harm reduction principles as uh, students or staff staff members? Um, how can we adopt these principles into our daily lives? Yeah, I think, I think with that, I think it's just the ability to know what harm reduction is and to give space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if there's any one specific thing that you can adopt or do other than um, listening to the folks that are around you, mm-hmm. um, giving them the space to engage with the world that they, the way they see fit. Um, and also um, being able to have open conversations with the people that you care about around, Hey, this behavior is concerning to me. Um, if you're going to continue to engage this way, let's think about ways that we do it safely, you know? And I think that, um, whatever that behavior is or whatever is going on. And they may have, they may already be doing those things and you just don't know about it. Right. And so that's what that conversation is about. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have conversations out of care and concern. Um, It is much more, more easily accepted Mm -hmm. and um, valued by the person receiving the information. Um, You know, and then I think, you know, as far as your own behavior, those are choices that you need to make. Right. And, you know, our hope as an institution is that everybody is doing the things that that um, I should say that as the institution and as people. Right. Mm -hmm. That we want um, we want the people around us and in our community to, you know, engage in behaviors that keep them safe, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like. Um, And. um, And beyond keeping them safe. Right. Is you know, mitigating risk around the way that they're engaging beyond substance use, the way that they're engaging, if they're having more than one sexual partner, things like that, that, you know, well, let's get some testing and let's do those things. And some of the ways that you can adopt that is maybe somebody is really afraid to go get a STI or STD test, right? So maybe you go with them, maybe Mm -hmm. you get tested at the same time. You know, there's a lot of ways that we can, we can adopt these pieces into our daily lives, either personally or with, the folks that we engage with yeah yeah i completely agree well we just blew through those questions <laughs> um thank you so much for joining us today julie um i really appreciate you being here 
um, and everything that you said. Um, I think we had um, a really powerful conversation. And I really hope that our listeners can um, learn a lot about how to take care of themselves and take care of their community um, through this interview. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. <laughs> All right. Hey, all. Um, for this section of the podcast, we like to collect questions from you all about the topics that we cover, um, either here in the HP suite or when we're out and about at the hut or through DMs on Instagram or questions we post on our story. So please feel free to like check that out and send them our way. Um, for this week, we've kind of accumulated some um, questions you know, floating around the topic of harm reduction. And uh, I'm here to facilitate while Josh answers them for us. Um, so to start it off, um, the first question that we got was, um, do needle exchange programs increase crime? Well, according to the Humboldt Area Center for Harm Reduction, syringe exchanges uh, do not increase neighborhood crime rates. In fact, these programs benefit community health and safety by ensuring that contaminated syringes are properly disposed of rather than discarded on the streets. That's fantastic. Um, kind of flowing um, in the same theme, um, does harm reduction programs promote drug use? Well, um, according to the Ontario Harm Reduction Distribution Program, studies have proven that harm reduction interventions do not increase drug use, do not negatively impact drug treatment, and do not increase injection equipment disposal in public places. Fantastic. Um, So how does harm reduction serve the greater community? So uh, if done adequately, harm reduction can reduce the prevalence of HIV and hepatitis C, as well as other inject-based, um, injection-based diseases, um, as well as pro- public drug use, and can also increase sexual health education and safer sex within the community. Fantastic. We'll catch you next week on Wednesday with our next episode. For winter 2020, The Hut will be out on campus on Wednesdays from 11 to 1 and Thursdays from 10 to 12. Follow us on Instagram at PSU underscore what to find out where we'll be and, and to get more wellness content from us. The link to the Instagram and our website is in the description of this episode. Thank you all for listening and take care of yourself today. Bye.